is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting at a safe social distance from each other in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. Joe Biden has been seen. Campaign released a short video of him, although I don't think this is quite enough of proof of life to have me convinced yet, Sam. Yeah, he uh, is he was he wearing the same clothes that he wore the last time he was seen six yeah, days ago? I noticed Rob Rousseau pointing that on Twitter. He was wearing the exact same outfit he was wearing a week ago. Uh, and he also seemed to be performing in front of a green screen of his living room. Instead of just being in his living living room, it was a green screen of his living room. So what's what's the working theory that uh, that he let that a hospital let him go into like the media room <laughs> and they have a green screen and he made it look like he's at home, but he's really in intensive care. I mean, he Could, was like he was slurring his words. He, he looked yeah. like red in the face. You know, he was he, he, he I guess he he wasn't as bad as he could have been, but. It really took him six days to do this. Just a jumbled sort of like, oh, what are Republicans doing? Republicans are doing, they're, they're giving away to the big business. And that that's not what we're about, Jack. Yes. I mean, six days. And also he clearly didn't have any clue what he was reading. I mean, he was just reading words. And as soon as those words failed him, the teleprompter stopped working. He had no clue what he was saying. At one point, Biden confused Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker with jazz legend Charlie Parker. <laughs> I, I, I mean, maybe he was thinking of another Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker is a common name. Yeah. But nine out of ten times you say the name Charlie Parker, everyone, everyone thinks that you're referring to the Bebop King. Anyways, it doesn't inspire much confidence seeing this performance from the uh, and the primary is still going on, so he's not the he's not the nominee yet, but the presumed nominee at this point, Joe Biden. Uh, my theory is, looking that he shot this in front of a green screen, uh, that he just read some words off a teleprompter, and that he uh, was wearing the same outfit he was wearing a week ago. They might have just shot like a bunch of videos of Joe Biden and can slow release them over the next couple weeks, creating the impression that he's still alive, reacting to various news events. Meanwhile, I feel like every time I'm online, I see that Bernie Sanders is planning another COVID response live stream with yeah. like numerous guests, uh, including musical guests. He's raising money from his supporters for COVID-related causes, and here I am sitting here thinking uh, the Democratic Party is just, again, for the second time in four years, fucking over this guy who very clearly should be the nominee. You know, I've been thinking for a while that Joe Biden will probably lose to Donald Trump. Now I'm convinced of it. I'm absolutely convinced just looking at how this crisis is unfolding and looking how Joe Biden has gone missing and the times he has made an appearance uh, he's just looked like a complete mess. I've got normie friends texting me being like, oh, wow, have you seen Governor Cuomo in New York? He should be president. 
And Cuomo's out here talking about like how many people can we sacrifice at the altar of the market at this point in New York. But people are so desperate for anything other than Trump that all it takes is someone who's able to complete sentences and look concerned going on TV to get the impression that, oh, wow, that is what a president looks like. And Joe Biden can't even muster that up. I, I think it's still possible that Biden could beat Trump. I, I don't like obviously I think very lowly of Biden, but I'm operating under the dead dog theory, which is that most Americans would probably vote for a dead dog over Trump at this point. Um, but as I was explaining to someone who so rudely was in the uh, Sentinels DMs trying to harangue me into voting for Joe Biden, is that, look, Biden and the Democratic Party are not going to address the problems that led to the rise of Trump. And it's, it's just impossible to get enthusiastic about Biden considering that. And it's very easy, I think, to, uh, to think that he has no chances of beating Trump uh, just because every fucking day is like a train wreck for this guy. Like, it's, it's easy to see him peaking in the Democratic primary, which for four years now, if, if you're like a never Trump person, you've been waiting for the Democratic primary probably for four years uh, if you care about other things than just the fact that Trump sucks and uses bad words occasionally, you know, like it's it's hard to get too excited. And this this could be Biden peaking right now. He's got Jen Rubin on board. Congrats, dude. Good for you. Looks like Amy Klobuchar's husband has tested positive for covid-19. Also, Congressman Ben McAdams, who. I saw he was doing interviews over the weekend. He was one of the two members of Congress who has tested positive for COVID. He was doing interviews over the weekend talking about how he's never been more sick in his life than he currently is. Uh, he looked like complete shit. He looked awful. Uh, he was being asked, you know, shouldn't you be in a hospital right now? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm being monitored by a doctor who will tell me to go to a hospital when it's time. Well, now he's at the hospital. Uh, this is Democrat from Utah, Ben McAdams, hospitalized with COVID-19, first lawmaker that we know of that's been forced to be hospitalized as a result of this. Um, and as we'll get into more, Rand Paul. <laughs> Rand Paul's got, got the COVID. Yeah, it's, uh, it's grim. I, I, I also feel for whichever orderly uh, at the hospital had to, to gave Klobuchar the news or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Probably... Uh, the entire binder of medical records was whipped their way. Amy Klobuchar asking for like the full binder of medication side effects at the hospital just so she can throw it at the staff. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. It is Monday, March 23rd, 2020. Here's the news. Last night, amid frantic negotiations, the Senate failed to advance $1.8 trillion in coronavirus stimulus. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell couldn't get the 60 votes needed to move forward and fumed at his Democratic counterpart, Chuck Schumer, while leaving the Capitol just before midnight. Per the Washington Post, McConnell was upset that Dems rejected legislation that, quote, incorporated many of their ideas. The most effective conservative in modern times realizes that laissez-faire capitalism is an abject failure, so it's good to see Schumer playing hardball here. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Schumer is getting what he set out to get in ongoing negotiations with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. 
Last night, Schumer had complained that Republicans were seeking to bail out corporations with no strings attached, with the legislation bereft of protections for workers and checks on executive salary excess and stock buybacks and things of that nature. Here was Schumer early this afternoon on the Senate floor, appearing to admit defeat on these matters. The bill still includes something that most Americans don't want to see. Large corporate bailouts with no almost no strings attached. Maybe the majority leader thinks it's unfair to ask protections for workers and labor to companies that are getting hundreds of billions of dollars. We think it's very fair to ask for those. Those are not extraneous issues. That is a wish list for workers, nobody else. And so we are looking for protection. We're looking for oversight. If this federal government's making a big loan to someone, to a big company, we ought to know it and know the details immediately. The bill that was put on the floor by the Republican leader said no one would know a thing about those loans for six months at least. And that sounds like what it's going to be in the final bill. Tons of money to corporate America, no oversight, no protections for workers. Now, to be fair, Schumer claimed he is getting concessions. He said Republicans had proposed expanding unemployment insurance for only three months. Democrats are looking to get that extended and for it to cover 100% of pay before furlough. Yesterday, St. Louis Fed Chief James Bullard said employment could reach as high as 30% during the coronavirus crisis. That's higher than the Great Depression all-time peak of unemployment, at least in the modern era. Schumer also said this afternoon that he was looking to get money for what he described as a Marshall Plan for our medical system. The Democratic leader said negotiations could conclude today. We'll just have to wait until tomorrow's show to see how he did. As for the part of the stimulus set to include emergency checks for all, Democratic leaders appear to have gotten their wish insofar as payments will be means-tested. Fox's Dylan Matthews noted today that the latest version has payments starting at $1,200 for single adults and with $500 per child. Phase-outs start at $75,000 in annual income for single adults without kids. The most cruel part of the GOP plan does appear to have been jettisoned at some point. We had mentioned the provision on last week's garbage can. Republicans had floated giving only $600 to people without any tax liabilities last year, aka the poorest of the poor. Still, the one-time relief check is far from being as generous as proposals we saw from Democrats who aren't Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer. Bernie Sanders said yesterday of a $1,000 check, quote, that'll last you two or three weeks. What happens after that? We need to give every person in this country $2,000 a month for the duration of this crisis. That had been the basis of a proposal put forward by Maxine Waters, chair of the House Financial Services Committee. We also mentioned it last week. It looks like the Pelosi-Schumer donor wing of the party is going to get its way. In other news from Capitol Hill, Rand Paul became the first senator to reveal that he has the coronavirus, as alluded to at the top of the show. The announcement yesterday prompted Mitt Romney to self-quarantine. The Utah lawmaker's office said Romney, quote, sat next to Senator Paul for extended periods in recent days. So at the moment, Republicans are without basically a tenth of their caucus. Five of them are self-isolating, Romney, Paul, Cory Gardner, Mike Lee, and Rick Scott. 
expect maybe more of them to follow with Democrats likely to join them. Rand Paul was still using the Senate gym as of yesterday. Not only that, but he used the swimming pool yesterday morning, according to Kansas Republican Jerry Moran. If a screenwriter drafted this to show how libertarianism is social poison, it would have been rejected for lacking subtlety. Moving on, more than 350,000 COVID-19 cases are around the world, according to the World Health Organization. The agency said the virus is accelerating, noting that it took 67 days for the first 100,000 cases to be reported. After that, it only took 11 days for the second 100,000 cases to be reported, and then only four days to reach 300,000 cases. The U.S. infection curve now looks worse than Italy's did 10 days ago. Amid all of that, the first federal investigation into the government's botched response to the coronavirus pandemic was announced. The Health and Human Services Department of Inspector General announced the probe over the weekend to news outlet CNN. According to the office's spokesperson, the investigation will focus on at least three issues. One, the repatriation efforts of Americans abroad who contracted COVID-19. This is related to a whistleblower complaint last month alleging that the health department sent a dozen workers to meet with infected Americans returning home in California, but those workers were not given proper training or protective equipment. Shortly after that engagement, the first case of COVID-19 community spread was identified in the same area. The probe will also look into the reliability of nursing homes to respond to the coronavirus. We saw in Washington state, a senior home get devastated by the virus, leading to multiple deaths. Many facilities have taken drastic steps such as prohibiting visitors. In Wisconsin, the National Guard has been deployed to nursing homes to help nursing staff and deliver supplies. The Inspector General investigation will also continue its review of how the health department is caring for unaccompanied children who have been separated from their family at the southern border, focusing on how those procedures have changed during the pandemic. The oversight actions were initiated by a congressional request from the House Ways and Means Committee, Unclear if the report will also focus on the lack of testing available in the U.S., which has persisted throughout the crisis, including today. Despite the Trump administration's total failure on this, from gutting offices at CDC that were charged with preventing pandemics, to trying to cover up how bad the virus will get, to the test rollout disaster, an NBC News Ipsos poll released Friday shows that a majority of Americans, 55 percent, approve of how Trump is handling this crisis probably has something to do with the alternative right now being a slurring skin bag in front of a green screen. The White House continues to make the problem worse by delaying invocation of the Defense Production Act to deal with the critical shortage of medical supplies in the country. The order would allow the government to direct private businesses to produce specific goods. Trump on Sunday claimed he didn't want to use the emergency power because the U.S. isn't Venezuela. He's determined to make us like Haiti instead. Yeah. Anyway, not expecting the inspector general to identify one of the primary reasons why the U.S. is so unprepared to respond to a pandemic. Capitalism, or as I like to call it, crapitalism. Got him. Rack him. Moving on. Careful what you do while you're in quarantine, folks. Today, the Supreme Court said states can narrow insanity pleas in criminal proceedings. The decision came with the first set of rulings from the court since it closed its doors to the public amid coronavirus. Though it seems like red meat for reactionary law and order guys, Obama appointee Elena Kagan wrote the majority opinion, joining all of the conservative justices in a 6-3 to decision. 
The case involved a man named James Collar who murdered his ex-wife, two of their daughters, and his former mother-in-law. Collar's lawyers argued this happened after their defendant's mental health had deteriorated and that Kansas violated his due process by limiting his insanity defense. As Kagan wrote for the majority, Collar, quote, asked this court to decide whether the due process clause requires states to provide an insanity defense that acquits a defendant who could not distinguish right from wrong when committing his crime, or otherwise put, whether that clause requires states to adopt the moral incapacity test, we now hold it does not. Unsurprisingly, Kagan's liberal colleagues were not impressed by the decision. Justice Breyer wrote the dissent, saying the majority upended, quote, 700 years of Anglo-American legal history together with basic principles long inherent in the nature of the criminal law itself. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck indeed. Finally, moving off the Rona beat and on to the Twitter beat, staying in the courts though, the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Monday upheld a lower court ruling that Trump can't block people on his Twitter account. The judge panel determined that the president's block button also operates as a First Amendment violation since it essentially prevents certain people from accessing official communications. The Department of Justice had argued that the account doesn't post official communications, that it's just the president's personal account, and that as an individual, he should be able to retain control over who can see it and who can't see it. But writing for the majority opinion in the case, George W. Bush appointee Judge Barrington Parker cited a tweet from Trump in January that explicitly read, quote, These media posts will serve as notification to the United States Congress that should Iran strike any U.S. person or target, the United States will quickly and fully strike back. End quote. Uh, hard to walk that one back. <laughs> Honestly, uh, good for Trump, though. I think this is the goal of all posters online. The apotheosis of a Twitter account to where it's no longer your personal musings, but official communications that all, all of us must have access to. All right, that music means it's time to move on to the poetry portion of the show. We write a haiku for all our new subscribers over at Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. I'll go first. This one goes out to Emma. Quarantined, day 12, running low on weed and snacks. I may not survive. Thank you, Emma. This is for Nick. All twisted as me, society makes you think I'm the dang joker. Thank you, Nick. This is for Susan. Been home so long now, the dog's starting to hate my personality. Thank you, Susan. Finally, this is for Matthew. Lost count of the days. How many weeks is it now? The line has gone down. Thank you, Matthew. And thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Okay, we've got a few calls on the listener rant line to get to before we go. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, this is Brad. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the chimp chats you guys are doing. I think it's... Uh, and a couple of givens, and the chimp really knows his law. Like I could listen to that guy talk privacy, uh, privacy law for hours, and the given seems to like know a lot of shit about Cuba, which I also enjoy. Uh, I'm especially impressed because last time a show had a chip on. I think that was J. Fred Mug on Today's Show, and that didn't go so well. He figured out when uh, when he was alive, and they couldn't really stop him from doing anything. 
So whatever you guys are doing with those primates, uh, it's good. Just I hope you have the, the chip and the gibbons on soon again. And uh, stay sane during quarantine. Bye. Right out. Another fan of the chimp chat there on the line. Actually reached out to our uh, chimp chat extraordinaire, Chip Gibbons, <laughs> who uh, we're trying to get him on for a new uh, new edition of Chip Chat. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, some uh, some wild coronavirus shit to to talk about and other things. But yeah, if 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 you're scared about worst case scenarios during national emergencies, this week might be for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One last call to get to. Hey, Sentinel listeners. It's Slater. I just wanted to remind everyone that the awful pundit tournament regular season is underway. We've got big matches going on right now, like Andrew Sullivan versus Judith Miller. And so please subscribe so you can vote in that and determine which one will get the multiplier bonus and make it more likely for them to make it to the 2021 tournament. You'll also be receiving a baseball card in the mail uh big dave baseball card with the subscription so again please go subscribe hope everyone's doing okay out there and you know i'm i'm glad i moved this up because the cancellation of baseball and other sports is a huge bummer all right peace out everyone stay safe thanks for the call slater exciting times with the awful pundit tournament regular season i can confirm that we have subscribed to the awful pundit tournament on patreon uh, the lack of sports or anything else exciting uh, makes the APT very necessary right now. Um, I'm tired of waking up at 4.30 a.m. to bet on Australian league soccer. <laughs> the, the one country dumber than both the U.K. and the U.S., Australia, evidently still playing soccer matches. Uh, this just got me thinking, and Slater's call got me thinking, too. With sports canceled and everything on lockdown, maybe it's time to bring back MTV's Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> yeah. Do you, re- you remember that I show? Do. It was cl- it was for those who and probably there are some listeners who were too young for it at this point, but it was basically claymation um I guess you could, the the rest is pretty self-explanatory. They would just make statues of celebrities and, and give them voices, and uh, they would fight to the death. It was great, and it would be fucking huge right now if it came back. It was uh, Judge Mills Lane, right? Wasn't He was the uh, ref. Yes, he was, yeah. He was big from the time that Tyson... Tyson bit off Holyfield's ear. He was, he was refing that fight, I think. That, that right. was his claim to fame. 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We will play it on air. We will be back. The coronavirus can't shut down the Sentinel Content Factory. We're back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. 